And now, Jalen and Jacoby on ESPN Radio. Where the fuck is Worry about my posse getting jumped. Cause if we ever do, yo TV, pop the trunk. Cause we make a pop the trunk and hit the sweet. Now act stupid, I'll pop the trunk. <laughs> give me your He is Jalen Rose. What up, though? I'm David Jacoby. And on the cool check-in. Center stage on the mic. We putting it on wax. It's the new style. We're Jalen and Jacoby. What do we do? We get a people. What they want. We have a series, Mr. Rose. We do. We have a series after the Warriors went up 2-0 in the Bay. I was like, oh, man, maybe it's not going to be like last year. Maybe they're going to finish this in five or something. But guess what? James Harden's and the Rockets have evened the series at 2-2. Let's take a look at the end of the game last night. Harden misses a huge free throw. And then wide open KD misses. Tapped out. KD gives the step. Pretty open step. Misses again. Chris Paul gets fouled, and it ends there. We have a 2-2 series headed back to the Bay. What did you think of the finish and the rest of the game? James Harden is a terrific shot maker. Mm-hmm. And if he scores over his average, which is 36, by the way. And he did last night. That gives them the best chance to win. But you're still going to need support. Of course. How about P.J. Tucker? We know the toughness that he's going to bring in a small ball lineup. This dude is like 6'4". A lot of times they got him out there playing power forward and center. He was standing next to James Harden. I was like, they're the exact same size. <laughs> Correct. Except he covers centers and yes. Harden does yes. what he does. And, and so all of a sudden, he's going to give you all of the loose balls, right? He's going to give you the deflections. But then all of a sudden, he's going to give you 10 rebounds. But then he gives you 17 points? Mm-hmm. That's an added value, okay, that you don't necessarily expect. Three for six from three. Eric Gordon... Got you 20 points. So now all of a sudden, if I'm getting 40 and I'm getting contributions, we're in a close game. We are. Everybody chips in. CP3, Austin Rivers. Love Austin Rivers in this series. Eric Gordon wasn't just like, see, some of these guys, Tucker and Rivers and Shumpert, they'll give you a game where they score double figures. Eric Gordon has all of a sudden evolved into a true second option for the Rockets. And also, I think the Rockets understand playing the Golden State Warriors the last two years in the playoffs, that they could beat them at their own game. And you know what that is? Making the three. Mm-hmm. They made nine more threes than the Golden State Warriors. Oh, they shot a bunch more, too. <laughs> okay. But that's 27-point differential mm-hmm. from the three-point line. Now, when we talk about the Warriors, the casual fans assume that all they do is bomb away from three. Well, this team has evolved over the last couple of years. The Splash Brothers and KD are knocked down three shooters. Yep. But you're playing the percentages on everybody else. Draymond, and I, Iguodala, go ahead. Go ahead, guys. Go ahead. And, and Andre Iguodala didn't score in double figures like he was able to do in the first couple of games. So all of those things worked in Houston's favor. And I happily speak into a microphone today and apologize to the Houston Rockets. Good for you. Because I said this is going to be a gentleman's sweep. That's what it looked like after mm. two games. Yep. They show character, they show tenacity, and now we have a legitimate NBA playoff series. Yep. This is going to go seven, and I have no idea who's going to win this series, but I remember when, when the Rockets were down 0-2, I said this series isn't over. 
You know, the you series did. is not over. You did. I said you did. that. Into a microphone. You were correct. I was wrong. And you mentioned, we kind of talked around James Harden so far, but James Harden, he's been okay in the playoffs. And he's got a history of kind of not living up to his regular season numbers, his regular season production. Last night, it was a true star turn, as you call it, a Heisman moment for James Harden. He had 38 points, and all of them big. He carried the team. I mean, he got to the bucket. He got around Looney there. Like, he really had a signature James Harden moment last night. And also, he was giving it to everybody. Mm-hmm. Of all of the, each of the eight defenders in front of James Harden last night, he scored on all of them. All of them. At some point of the game. It wasn't, he wasn't picking and choosing like, oh, if so and so's in front of me, then I'll give the ball up. If Clay's there, then I won't do my thing. If after a while, he said, whoever's in front of me, I'm just going to go by. Thank you. I'm glad you just did that. I really appreciate you taking me there. Thank you very much. Because in the first couple of games, they were trying to search out the matchup. Mm hmm. They were trying to set screens, getting low and late in the shot clock to try to see if they could get Steph into action or pick on certain players. Now it's regardless to who's on James, we're going to let him go to work because that's what they're built to do. And we can't overlook this. This guy makes more contested shots from three than any player I've ever seen. It's not just contested. It's there's one thing when you get it swung to you and there's someone coming at you and it's, and it's truly contested. He's got someone on him, step back, still next to him, and shooting over them and hitting them. And then sometimes he falls down, doesn't get the call, doesn't get the call, still hits it anyway. And for yeah. those that haven't been paying attention, Draymond Green and Clay Thompson, they're all league defenders. Forget whether they get voted mm-hmm. or not. Andre Iguodala still got it. Is a lockdown defender. He's going against the cream of the crop, and he's still putting up big numbers. But he used to see those people in front of him, and he would reconsider whether or not he's going to cook. If it was Looney, if it was Steph, it was like, okay, I'm going to go. But now, last night, he was just like, you know what, whoever's in front of me, I'm just going to give it to him. What about the variety of shot making? Left wing, small space, step back three, get fouled. What about driving to the basket, jumping off of either foot? Floater sometimes, at the rims other times. He, he's he got so many shots in his bag. Now he has a shot where he shoots a three, elbows somebody in the head, and then falls down. <laughs> like now he's added, he's added new wrinkles to the step back. How about this? Who makes that shot? Everybody misses a shot when they hit somebody in the head with That's their air ball. That's a shooting hit. Just think about he, that. He, he swung it out. Anybody misses that shot except James Harden. Well, there was someone else out there missing shots. One of the Splash Brothers. Oh, that's just wrong. (laughs) Clay Thompson, one from six for three last night. He shot 31% from three for the whole series. 31% from three is great if you're Draymond, but when you're Clay Thompson and that's what you do, it's not great. Um, What do you think about this slump, this untimely slump from Clay Thompson? And correct me if I'm wrong. I think Clay Thompson is the best third option in the NBA. Jimmy Butler? Tobias Harris? My point exactly. Okay. He's that important to what they do. Mm -hmm. Not being named KD or Steph. They still need his production. Because Draymond has been playing really well. Shooting 50 from the floor, giving them boards, giving them D. The person that's missing is Clay. And you know the problem? You got to guard James Harden. Yeah. And he's working and spending so much energy to trying to slow down James. It's affecting his offense. And you know what else? 
when you try to play D, see, I didn't try to play defense. So I didn't care really if somebody scored on me. Just take it out quick and let's go the other way. But when you Clay Thompson and James Harden is making the shots on you that he's making, he doing Walker Shames back up the floor. You're like, man, what am I going to do? This guy's still getting buckets on me. And that psych is affecting his psyche and it's playing out. And his inability to make shots. Oh, that's interesting. So you think that someone being successful against you on defense can affect how successful you are on offense? Absolutely. And you never had that problem. I never had that problem. <laughs> I never had that problem. So one thing that they've been doing, and I also think that the way that they've been using Steph in, in the Rockets offense has affected his ability to score on offense as well. He had 30 last night, but he didn't play up to Steph's standards. And they've been working him into action. They were switching everything. Mm-hmm. So sometimes he would end up on Harden or he would end up on Gordon. If someone sees Steph in front of him, they're going to the hoop. Well, look at what they did in the very end of the game. Steph refused to switch. Watch this. <laughs> this is the second time he's setting the screen. Steph, he's just going to show and then he's going to run back. He's going to run back to his man. And they did this. Look at this. Some of these are egregious. That's a switch right there. But watch Steph running back to his man. They changed the way that they, they did the pick and rolls at the end of the game. Just so Steph Curry wouldn't end up on the ball. We all remember Kyrie Irving hitting the shot over Steph at the end of the game. So I want to ask you as someone who played with the NBA, take me behind the curtain. When they say this is what we're going to do on defense, isn't there a part of you that's like, coach, coach, we're going to change what we've been doing all year, all game, just because you don't think I can cover the ball? And I know I have jokes about this topic, but at some point when you're a winning team, you got to man up and guard the person in front of you. All successful teams have to do it. And they're going to find you. There's no hiding they're in the find NBA. You. They're going to find you. And what has happened to Steph Curry, the first couple of games in this series, he had five fouls. Mm. He made a he, he made sure that he wasn't going to be in foul trouble in this game. So for the Rockets, they made sure, oh, he's going to be in the action. At some point, Steph Curry, in my opinion, should tell Steve Kerr, don't run, don't hide. If I'm on Gordon, if I'm on Austin, if I'm on James Harden, I got him for a couple of possessions. If he scores on me, then let's make the adjustment. I sat in the huddle and looked at Larry Bird and said, I got Michael Jordan. Now, I was a little bit crazy. Yeah, of course. <laughs> he probably put up 35 on you. But, but at the same time, that, that there's no hiding. And that's what the Houston Rockets are exposing, that you used a great example that the Cleveland Cavaliers was doing years ago mm-hmm. with Kyrie Irving and LeBron James. Anybody, look back at the play when Kyrie Irving made basically the game-winning shot in Game 7 on the right wing. Soon as Steph got into action... J.R. Smith raised his hand. He ran away and raised his hands with both hands up. It was like, did my job. We did it. Did my job, coach. We did it. Did my job, coach. I got Steph on the ball. And the way that they have to game, it just, to me, if, if, if it just doesn't seem like it's going to work. Like, you know how NBA pick and rolls work today in today's day and age. You can't show for eight feet, turn your back to the ball, and sprint back to your man. That's just not going to work. But you know what? Also, making Steph work defensively, is going to take away something from him offensively. Going into the last game, all we were talking about is the Splash Brothers are struggling. We're still talking about Clay mm-hmm. because Steph had 30. But it wasn't a, it wasn't great, a great game yeah. for a former MVP-type numbers. No. So we got to see how that progresses as the series continues to take fold. Yeah. Let's get a people to one. There's no more Knicks games 
to take my son Quincy too. He really liked the Knicks games. He started to buy into the Knicks, even though he's we've the Knicks have lost every single game that he's ever been to. I think we went to like four this year. But really into the cotton candy. Really into the cotton candy. The cotton candy is undefeated at MSG. There are no more Knicks games to go to, so I gotta take him to some other live events. And one of the things I do is I open up my SeatGeek app and I just browse live events. You just kind of see what's going on. One thing they do is like People always think that they just go there just to get a specific ticket. It's a great place to do that. It's also a great place to see what's happening around the city. I found a Dogman musical. If you don't know what Dogman is, you probably don't have kids. But it's an offshoot of Captain Underpants. Captain Underpants, bad name for a series, great series. If you have a young child that thinks poop is really funny, get down with Dogman and Captain Underpants. We're going to the Dogman musical. Got the tickets on SeatGeek. Open up the SeatGeek app. The best thing about SeatGeek is you get guaranteed tickets. So what they do is they they pull millions of tickets in from all over the web. All of those different weird ticket sites, they bring those in. They make sure that they're guaranteed, and they rate each deal on a scale from 1 to 10 and displays them on an interactive seat map so it's super simple to find what you're looking for. The green dots are good deals. The red dots are overpriced. It's perfect. I use it all the time. It is so easy. And every Ticket is fully guaranteed. I have some friends, may have bought some tickets on some non SeatGeek app ticket sites. Guess what? Tickets were fake, or they paid, or they sold tickets, and then someone's claimed that they were frauded. Be very careful when buying tickets online. That's why you have to use the SeatGeek app. And here's the best part right now, all of our listeners get $10 off their very first SeatGeek purchase. So you download the SeatGeek app to your phone. Your very first purchase, you go to use the promo code Jacoby, J-A-C-O-B-Y. You get $10 off your first purchase. You can use that for concert tickets, sports tickets, comedy tickets, dogman musicals, whatever you want. Remember the promo code Jacoby for $10 off your first purchase of SeatGeek. Marcus Spears is the back. Homie. Marcus Spears is back. Part what of the Jalen Jacoby Joe. family. Always a pleasure Rise to have you. Rising star in the I industry. Missed I, I missed you too, man. I missed you too. <laughs> I missed you because you missed was out you of town family. every yes, time sir. I was here. Thank you for holding it down. Yes, Marcus, sir. just like you, last year, Le'Veon Bell did not play professional football. Absolutely. <laughs> just like you. The both of you played the same amount of professional football last year. However, he is... Now gearing up for a season with a brand new team, and they had some voluntary workouts. Le'Veon Bell was not at those voluntary workouts for the Jets. And, of course, he's going to be asked about that, and here's what he had to say. He said, quote, When it's time to play football, i got to stick to the formula that I know works for me to be the best player I can be. I'm not just trying to win football games. I want a ring. (laughs) I want to desperately show everybody what I can do, what I can really do. I'll take the heat right now. Everybody will forget about that once January comes around. Okay, Marcus, what do you think about his explanation of what side y'all on? Voluntary workouts. Before I answer this question, he's got to be at the voluntary workouts. He didn't play for an entire year with a brand new franchise, brand new coaching staff, brand new fan base. Just show up. Just show up there, put the team uniform on, have them take pictures of you. They can put those pictures out. You got the green on. That's 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 where I'm and standing on PR. this. And, and, and so here's, you're the for PR guy. Yeah, because okay. he needs it. All right. Here's the side I'm on. Didn't I think it was the Raiders just have a running back injured doing voluntary workouts? And the word voluntary is in this sentence. So therefore, if he's not required to be there, preach, brother. He should not have to be there. I'm so okay. You want to do something for PR? I'm so okay. 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 Okay.
You didn't, even say, you didn't even say nothing about get better for football. Brand no. new fan base. No. Marcus. Please come. I'm basing my opinion mm-hmm. based on years of NFL experience, so I don't know what you're going to talk about. <laughs> they remember what you do from September to February. He didn't do it last year. I don't care. What has he done before that? I don't remember. With this pro- with this same formula. All right? Here's, here's what people have to understand about the NFL. There are... These voluntary workouts that are structured, right? Mm-hmm. And you have strength and conditioning coaches who, not downing them, they do a phenomenal job doing what they do. But specifically for guys like Le'Veon Bell, who was the league leading rusher and the second leading receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers, decided to sit out for his health so he could get this contract. For you to tell him now you need to switch the game up and come do something different because the team signed you. No, that the New York Jets signed Le'Veon Bell for what he did on Sundays. And we will not talk about this when Le'Veon Bell goes plays for the Jets and balls. Nobody will talk about this. So Think about it, Cole. That's fair. Think about it. No, we won't ever remember it. We doing a show and it's going to be printed through the annals of history and we ain't going to never here's, talk about this if you all out. Here's what happened. It's almost like the NCAA and not paying players. I remember watching the attitude shift from shut up and be happy you got a scholarship to now people recognize how much money is in the game mm-hmm. and that the players deserve some. It's the exact same thing with these voluntary workouts. Back in the day, you could go PR on the player and all of a sudden make them look bad because yeah. they ain't there to show up for the team like Tom Coughlin tried to do. But now with social media and a heightened level of awareness that the players have and the fans have, they're not even holding a grudge against the players anymore no the way they would because they used to take the side of the team. Now people take the side of the player. And Cole, let's be honest. No, let me just say this. is What else is he doing? What's the opportunity cost here? What else is he doing with that week? He's working out. Oh, no, my workouts are structured a little differently than your workouts, so I don't want to get on a plane for that. Like, what else is he doing? He's vacation. He's working. He's working out, Cole. Like we, bro. I'm not saying he's not working out. Can, can I say something out? else he's doing? He doesn't have. Listen, listen, man. When you start talking, we all know. All right. We all been around professional sports long enough. The production is what matters. Mm-hmm. Everybody forgets everything when you have success. I get it. We will be able to blast Le'Veon Bell and say he should have been at the offseason workouts, which are voluntary. And if he doesn't have a great season, mm-hmm. but Le'Veon Bell has been having great seasons throughout his career using this same structure. I hope he don't show up heavy. That's all I gotta can, say. Can, I he hope he don't, don't show up heavy. But when you do that, to your point, you got a ball. He, he understands the pressure that comes no with doubt. that. Can't come in out of shape. Mm-hmm. Gotta have a great year. But can I tell you what else he's doing? Enjoying his off season. <laughs> He had uh, okay. go the last, the last I mean, time I checked is the offseason, I mean, right? He had last season. Last season was the offseason, but it's the second offseason in a row. That happened. Now, he's not the only player joining a new team. The when Browns, break, the Browns break. have a lot of new players, but they also have a new punter. Jamie, the Scottish Hammer Gillen. That's a great name. So let me tell you a little bit about Jamie Gillen, the Scottish hammer as a punter. He was a rugby star and then his dad, I believe some military things, so he lived in America and he started punting a little bit and he did really well in high school. He didn't really get any, some colleges were sniffing around a little bit. He didn't really get any true scholarship offers to be a punter until one day he was reached out to 
by the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. And a conversation Swag. between him and the recruiter went like this. Hey, this is the University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. We'd like to offer you a full scholarship. Uh, okay, what division? Division one. All right, sure. Send me the paperwork. That's it? You don't have any questions? No. Then a few days later, I was on the plane. I didn't even know it was a historically black school until I got there. Marcus. Shout out to the HBCU. How, no how do you think the Scottish Hammer figured out it was a historically black college when he got to campus? When he got on that campus and he saw all of the fashion, the talk. <laughs> he saw, but I'm going to tell you what did it. The damn band. The band did it. Listen, I went to school. My high school was on Southern University's campus. It's a, it's a whole different it's a whole it different experience and yeah. it's a great experience a different world you it's might say di- hey that's a good one that's a good one. but nah man I bet a Scottish dude walking up on the HBCU campus he had a lot of things to look forward to there's gonna be culture shock regardless but something tells no, no. me something, someone pulled him aside and was like uh Jamie, somebody should have said. Yeah. But yeah. There, but here's the thing: is there are a lot, there are a lot of people that look like me that go to these schools. No doubt. Yeah, there are a lot of people that look like me. Jalen, how do you think the scholarship? Well, I'm just tripping out the fact that you accept the scholarship to a Division One school and you don't even you know, know where it is. It's the only one he got. He called it Arkansas. Google it. He called it Arkansas before he didn't even know it was Arkansas. But you're like, I'm taking this scholarship. He's I ain't mad like, at Scholarship, I got it. Go kick. So we've been watching the NBA playoffs very closely. Right, you know, we talk about them every day, and we're we're seeing players start to separate themselves into different tiers. And Jalen, you came in today and you said you wanted to explain on the show exactly what you mean by that. So explain the Golden State War, Golden State Warriors are an outlier because they have two MVPs still playing in their prime, which is why they're going for a three-peat and possibly four championships in five years. But what I started to see at this point of the season is players that were all stars. Then all NBA are separated by the guys who are MVP caliber mm. performers. Look at the Toronto Raptors series. Kawhi Leonard has been dominant <laughs> playing at that level. What about the Greek freak? Dominant playing at that level. James Harden, dominant playing at that level. And so when you have that guy on your squad that has been there, done that finals MVP or MVP of the league, it seems like this time of year they just continue to separate themselves and that's why their teams continue to have an opportunity to advance. I've always wondered this, Jay, and you can answer this question. When you, all of those guys you just mentioned, right? Kawhi, KD got to be in that conversation, James Harden, and you and, and we had all of these conversations about James Harden struggles in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. How do we what series makes it real? Like, is it an NBA championship? Is it having a good series? Because I remember just a few weeks ago or a week ago, us talking about James Harden struggles. Yeah. So I like, like, is it the moments? Right. I'm a kid growing up. It's the moments for me in the NBA. Like, it's the games. It's the flu games. It's individual going games, this. but you have Dame Lillard had himself a moment a in the moment, Thunder Series. Right? He had himself a moment in the Thunder Series, but guess what? He's been a little bit quiet since then. So, so it's the consistency case. as well. It's the consistency in those moments, but also it's outplaying your regular season productivity or matching gotcha. it. Gotcha. You can't be averaging 36 in a regular season and then averaging 32 in the playoffs. And that's what James Harden was doing. This time last year, I stood on this table to defend the honor of Dame Lillard. Because for the second straight year, he got swept out of the playoffs. 
And people were saying Drew Holiday was better better. than him. Okay, now you fast forward this year, you get a chance to play against Russ and Paul George in the first round, and then you shoot them down the way he did. Now that moment puts a dot, it ends people's doubt of what you can do in the postseason. But James Harden, a guy that's accomplished so much, all he has to do is beat the Warriors. Yeah. They don't even have to win it all. They get swept. They get swept. They don't even have to win it all. But if he beat the Warriors, you remember that. So, so, help me understand. You got it. Are you, are you, do you get more of that credit when you're going against a a so called other guy like that? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. You look at, you look at Dame a lot different because he was doing it against Westbrook. That's my thing. That's where I was, that's where I was trying to get. And you're going to look at James a lot different doing it against KD and And the Warriors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I got you. I like that. All right, I'm sure you guys were invited to the Met Gala last night, but you wanted to watch NBA to make sure you're prepared for Jalen and Jacoby the next day, so you, you declined the invite. I understand that. But there were some athletes that did attend the Met Gala, and we're going to do a little fashion policing. All right, first up, we have Power Couple, Dwayne Wade and Gabby Union. Dwayne Wade going with the hoodie under the suit. Hoodie under the suit, soft move or boss move? That's a boss move. He's supporting his lady. I how, like that. How many times have you seen me wear hoodies under suits? A lot. Boss mm, move. Okay. I'm and you criticize me one. for doing it, so I can I'm tell you what you're about to say one. now. You can't wear a tuxedo with a hoodie underneath it. Suit. I did say suit, but he got a tuxedo jacket on. And it's just like, it's a little thin. Baby. Only negative Jacoby can look at that picture and come away with something. Other oh, than the I fact more. that I'm they still, look, I'm still trying look, to get over you going to a restaurant for Thanksgiving. I got more. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> they look like they royalty. They do. They look like royalty. That was clean. Cole, come on now. That was a good look, bro. Be honest. He it was just, a pretty good look. Retired. That was a good look. It was on theme, too. It was on theme. Okay. It was a good look. Okay. And she looked gorgeous. This next yeah. one, you, I'm going to tell you right now, this next one I can't get with. It's just off top. Uh-oh. So you guys can see what you have to okay. say about it. Saquon Barkley showed up as well, but he was he was showing off his money makers, the extra large quads there. So short, short, tight speedo shorts with dress shoes and a suit jacket. This soft over boss this, move. This will, for the duration of my life, this will never be a boss move. This is a soft move. It looks like it, he it will never pants. be. It looks I don't like give a pants. damn what fashion forward you are. I don't care what city you in. This will never be a boss move. That's a soft move. And you can't wear tight cut shoes with big legs like that and not have pants on. This is a soft move. Now, I know people try to dress to accentuate where they feel like they're strong. Exactly. That's what he's doing there. Okay. And I get that he wants to show off his thunder thighs. Mm-hmm. But for me, the last time I checked, I was a member of a team that we stressed wearing large shorts. You did. So I am not going to be a guy talking to a microphone <laughs> Shout out to the endorsing pal. tight shorts. I can't do it, man. I cannot <laughs> do it. It's a lot of things that's going on right now in fashion for men that that that. Bothers oh, me. Yes. Speak on like, it. It's, it's bothering me a lot, man. And it ain't. It won't have nothing to do with sexual orientation or preference. No, no. It's like, dude, you know how bad this dude would have got clowned if we saw a picture of him like this growing well, up. How about this? We're clowning him now. Oh yeah, we're clowning <laughs> him now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but you know what now. they call? They call yeah. us old school. We old. Right. No, that ain't gonna no, ever look no, good. Yeah, that's not. That ain't gonna ever look good. I'm not rolling. No. Okay. 
Now this one, I'm gonna save my opinion on. Odell Beckham with the kilt <laughs> and the baseball hat and the boots. Kilt, soft move or boss moves. Soft, soft move. See, I love the kilt. I love the kilt. See, so let me explain. Let me explain this one. This is there's some history to this. I understand. You know what I mean? Like this isn't this isn't just like having to wear some speedo shorts. This is a a, a men's item that has lasted for decades mm-hmm. and centuries. This has been around for centuries. And he's got the he, he updated it with the little vest and the tats out and the hat. I'm with it. Boss move. Tats of who? Which people does he have tattooed on him that he does not know that he didn't meet before their untimely demise? That's a a soft move, Jacoby. The kilt? Yes, he's not Roddy Roddy Piper. He don't have no bagpipes. (laughs) No, I'm not rolling. Me neither. I liked it. I respect the kilt tradition. See, how about this? How about this? If you're going to wear a kilt, that's the way to do it. I want to do a distinction. I'll give you that. Yeah, Yeah. you look good. I'll give you that. What, What about this? Soft move though. For me, the the one we said was a boss move, Gabby and Dwayne Wade. To me, they look fashion forward and they look elegant. Mm-hmm. I think it's a soft move when I see people with costumes on. That's a costume. And that's what I see yeah. with that. Like Cam Newton on Sundays, he wearing costumes to me. So that to me. But see, to me, it's it's this though. Like if you Saquon Barkley or if you Odell, right? And, and I'm sure in that fashion circle, mm-hmm. people were like, I'm sure Anna Wintour was like, you guys look amazing. <laughs> oh, of course. Right? Oh, of course. Right? I'm sure she of was course. like that. But at the end of the day, you got to come to the streets, too. Preach. Like, you're going you to have to deal with your guys and your boys. And let me tell you about these three dudes sitting right here. <laughs> we going to tell you from the streets. Correct. You ain't walking your tail in the barbershop looking no, like that. No, no, no. Straight no, up. No, no, no. All right? As much as I love Odell, yeah. my fellow LSU alumnus, no I love him. But the things he do in Milan and in New York Fashion Week, <laughs> you ain't doing that in Baton Rouge, boss. You ain't doing that down there. <laughs> Next, we have future top draft pick, prospect John Morant. When he was asked about his position, he said, I'm a point god. Not a point guard. I'm a point god. Calling yourself a basketball deity before you've stepped on the NBA floor. Jalen Rose, soft move or boss move? That's a soft move. Okay. I'm glad you I'm glad you went there. Because uh God God is a really influential human being. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? And I don't want to use his name in vain in I'm any way, sure. shape, or form. I'm not sure human being is the right word for him, but I know exactly yeah. what you mean. Yeah, he's a very yeah. influential individual. Being. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Yes, and, and I don't I don't want that to be attributed to a position that I play in sports. That's just listening to everybody else. That's mm-hmm. a soft move. See, for- That's listening to what everybody else is calling you. Mm. And you believe in the hype. Like you know, I remember a time just recent ago, Lonzo Ball was supposed to set the world on fire. Like, I remember that. So you got to be. See, here's the thing for young players, man. You got to be careful in sports, especially when you finna go to the next level. Because the next level is really about your mental makeup. Mm. Like that. And, and, and no, John Morant was amazing. And he, I think he's going to be a really good player on the next level. Sure. But just be careful, like, deeming yourself something before. The, the, them grown men trying to support and feed families up there. It's a different animal. And, and John Morant, to me, I've compared him already to Dame Lillard. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's going to have all-star level 
all-NBA type impact in the league. However, if you think about it, in positionless basketball, he's actually a combination guard. He's going to play on the ball. He's going to play off the ball. It's not traditional like John Stockton type point guard right, play yeah. is what you even want from him. So I think that's another reason why that term doesn't another necessarily fit Another traditional point guard in the news, Ty Lue. Ty Lue celebrated his 42nd birthday. Congratulations to him. Child. And his birthday cake had the Laker logo on it before he even has the head coaching job. Marcus Spears, putting the logo of the team before you even work there on the cake. Soft move or boss That's move? That's a boss move. My, oh. mama, my mama, my grandmother always told me, speak it into existence. Yes. <laughs> They always yes. told me, them spiritual black women from South Baton Rouge, Louisiana, <laughs> they said, call it out before you get there. Yep. That's what he doing. I feel Ty Lue on this one. And guess what? Guess what else is happening, right? I'm sure he talking to LeBron. Oh, yeah. You know. I'm sure and, and you just brought up the Lakers. LeVar did that. He said the Lakers going to get the ball, existence. and they going to mm-hmm. get that ball. They going to get that so, and they listened, and they did it. I originally they, was going to call this a soft move, but I would never, ever, 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 ever disagree with your mom and grandma. I just can't. <laughs> Marcus Spears, thank you so much for coming through the program. Jalen Rose, so much focus on Houston's big win over the Warriors. There was another big game last night. The Boston Celtics absolutely needed a win against the Bucks, but Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, had other ideas. He was absolutely dominant. 39 points, 16 rebounds. Why can't Boston find an answer for Giannis Antetokounmpo? He's unstoppable. Yeah. How about that? What about game one? He was unstoppable then, too. They just did a good job of keeping him out of the paint. Yeah. But he's improved his jump shot now. Mm-hmm. So you got to play him at three. And that's what I appreciate about the growth of his game. He recognized that there was a hole there. He constantly worked on it. So now you have to guard him at the three-point line. He's, not, he's not Steph Curry. He's you not Steph Curry, but he can, he can shoot it. But he's not taking 10 of them a game. No, he's one for four and, last and, night. And so, so if you can make that shot, the coaches and your teammates expect you to be up on that guy. The yeah. problem with being up on that guy. He goes by you and then he spins gonna, on the other guy and then he dunks. And then he runs back on defense and flexes. And also, the points in the paint. They were plus 22 mm. as a basketball team. How about the bench scoring? Remember, we love the Celtics' depth. Depth. Oh, yeah. And last year, all you got to do, I said it, into this microphone. All you got to do is add Kyrie and Gordon Hayward to oh, this yeah. depth. Warriors and, Celtics oh, Finals. It's inevitable. Warriors and Celtics. Warriors Celtics Finals. I think the Celtics should really push the Warriors. They've got the right defensive tactics and long limbs. And, oh, yeah, this is going to be Warriors Celtics Finals. That's what we really thought was going to happen. Seven points off the bench. Ooh. Total. Okay. Ooh. And so, and Gordon Hayward didn't start. When you're losing, there's enough blame to go around. And so, if you're going to do a blame pie, Brad Stevens is a part of this He's as slice. well. He's a slice. It's not just this series. This entire year, the chemistry issues, the back and forth, the media. Like, you're supposed to be the coach, the leader that kind of brings this together. I'm going to remind you of a conversation I had on this program the day Kyrie Irving joined the team. And I strictly said, right now is a fork in the road for the Boston Celtics. Mm-hmm. Either you're going to choose the pace and space that they played with, where cutting and the open man determined who got the shot. in the possession, team basketball. Or you're going to give it to one of the most gifted offensive players in the league. Let him cook. Allow him to go one-on-one and do his thing. 
Well, they allow him to go one-on-one and do his thing in the past couple games, and uh, didn't go great last night. In the last three losses, Kyrie has not performed very well. He went 8-for-22 two games ago. He said it wouldn't happen again, and then he went 7-for-22. It's just... It's not been great for him. In the last three games, he shot 30% from the field, 20% from three. What's happening with Kyrie? I take Kyrie Irving on my team any day on a blank canvas. Mm-hmm. You have to build a team around a volume scorer like Kyrie Irving is built to be. That's the strength of his game. The Boston Celtics are not built like the Houston Rockets. But that's how he's playing. That's a good point. And that distinction now suffocates the growth of Tatum and Brown, eliminates the productivity of Rozier because it's just not enough minutes at that, situ- at, at that position. And then you're taking 22 shots. Usually if you're doing that and you got so much talent around, you got Morris playing well. He was balling, 18 and 10. You got Al Horford, who's a seasoned vet. You got to get off the ball. When you're not going. And when you continue to jack up shots, you see the body oh. language? Oh, well, listen. Jalen Rose, not only did he jack up shots in the post-game presser, he had this to say about the shots he was jacking up. Let's listen. You know, the expectations on me are going to be sky high. Um, and I try to utilize their aggression against them and still put my teammates in great positions while still being aggressive. I'm trying to do it all. So, um, you know, for me, the 22 shots, oh. you know, I should have shot 30. No. No! 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 Why not? We don't need you to do it all. Nope. We made it to the conference finals without you and Gordon Hayward, okay? We need you to make us better. And we need you to close the close games and take the big shots. We don't need you to force and hunt and chase shots. That's not what they need. I was watching this game very closely. There were multiple times where there were two and three guys on Kyrie Irving. They did a baseline out of bounds. He did a dribble handoff with Al Horford and jacked up a jump shot from the left corner. There was another time where he dribbled in the half court over the right side, dribbled underneath the basket, and shot a turnaround jumper over two defenders. That is not what they want. The team was like this when he was taking those shots. And you know what else was happening? Greek Freak was out in transition. What question for you? Is the team going to have to worry about this next season? No. It's a shame what happened to Flip. Kyrie Irving has played his last game in the TD Guard unless they for extend, the Celtics. Unless, unless they extend this series, I've always felt that this would be his final season in Boston. And the things that he said the entire year, just confirm them for me. And again, a magnificent player. Like mm. I'm a Kyrie fan. But if you're going to have a team with him on it, It has to be a blank canvas. So I don't even see him going to those squads like the the Nets won't fit, Clippers won't fit, Lakers won't fit. Where does he fit? The Knicks. Because they have a blank canvas? No disrespect to the current roster? (laughs) They have a blank canvas. So now they can build around him. Kind of like Philly did with AI. We know that guy's going to shoot a lot. Mm -hmm. So therefore, we got to have guys around him that's going to do the dirty work. And if they're able to add KD, then you're going to have 13 guys that they want to either make shots or do the dirty work. Jalen Rose. DeMarcus Cousins is someone that we've celebrated here for years. And when he went down with the Achilles injury, it was so sad. But then he came back. He joined the Warriors. Five All-Stars on the floor at once, chasing after a loose ball. 
Taurus Quad. Well, guess what? Some good news about Boogie Cousins. Sorry, DeMarcus Cousins. He says he's going to be back this playoffs. After a torn quad. What? Huh. Jalen, this concerns me a little bit. Does it concern you? Well, the reason why it concerns me is the Achilles injury and the quad injury both happened on the same leg. Mm-hmm. That's that's the true concern for compensation reasons. That's what happens when people have injuries. But the other thing is that's that's a serious injury. Yeah. And I thought the recovery time was a lot longer than that. And also, he's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. That is what concerns which me. Which also puts him at further risk of being injured and affecting his bread going forward. If I'm Boogie, of course, if I'm 100%, I go. But if I'm not 100%, I don't go. But here's also what I do. I stay with the Warriors. That's exactly what I was about to say. I'm staying with the Warriors regardless. I'll even take another minimum, especially if we think KD's going to leave. They're going to need some more scoring, a whole other year to work him into the system where he plays 82 games. I would I would love for him to stay with the Warriors. We'll see how that plays out. We will see how it plays Get out. Get well soon, big fella. Shout out. Well, the Raptors evened their series with the Sixers in Philadelphia in Game 4. Now... We're going to have Drake in the front row. We're going back to Toronto. That hype crowd outside in Jurassic Park. Kawhi Leonard's been <laughs> dominant. Can they ride this momentum and take a lead in the series in a pivotal game five? I'm just happy that Drake and Meek are on tracks together again. Oh, I know. I didn't think about the Drake and Meek in this series. Because, unfortunately, Meek is not able to go to Canada mm-hmm. because he's in the system. But the Toronto Raptors are in control here. Now, it's a 2-2 series, but for me, it ain't what you're doing, it's how you're doing it. And the last time I checked, Joel Embiid has not only had poor games in three of those games, he's had awful performances. Yeah. He had a spectacular performance. Game three. And he's had three awful performances. And all of them had an asterisk attached. Game one, it was the knee. Mm -hmm. Game two, it was the stomach. Game four, he was sick. So when he's healthy and dominant, we all know he's an all-NBA performer. Are we going to see that person in game five? I say yes. But the problem with that is Kawhi Leonard is averaging almost 40. And he took a game in Philly where Pascal Siakam was non-existent. No. And I think he's going to play better on their home floor. I think Danny Green is going to make shots. The Raptors take game five. I think Embiid has been listening to all of us criticize me. He's going to have a big bounce back game. And the Sixers win. We will see tomorrow. Finally, no sleep for me tonight. Got to stay up late to watch the Blazers and the Nuggets. There was a quadruple overtime game in this series in Portland. And then Denver bounced back just two days later to win game four. Even up this series as well. What do you see from Denver tonight? I see this going seven. The Nuggets take care of business on their home floor. Jokic and Murray were terrific in the past game, getting quality minutes from Paul Millsap, who's been underrated and underappreciated by a lot of people. I think they win at home. The Blazers win game six at home. And then we have the two best words in sports. Game seven. Can we get something from Dame Lillard? After the Thunder series, I was like, this is Dame's year. This is Dame's playoffs. Can we get something from him? Just like Embiid, Dame is going to break out on the road, but it won't be enough. No. 
ladies. Hey, ladies! Ladies, we need your voicemails. 98580-JALEN. Those voicemails will be featured on the show tomorrow. Jalen Rose, I want to talk to you about something. A gentleman by the name of Rob Gronkowski... Well, you got in trouble one time talking about you called. Him, I was right. You called him white boy wasted. I was right. And then, and then they called you into the office. But you know what? Come full circle. Now people, I, I was I was just early to the party. I was just early to the party. I saw that coming. I, I know that meathead animal house type behavior, and I saw it in him very early in his career. Well, here's the thing: you can't be early to his uh, retirement party, and you also can't be late because his Vegas retirement party. It's not one day in Vegas. It's not two days in Vegas. It's not three days in Vegas. It's not four days in Vegas. Five days in Vegas retirement party for Rob Gronkowski. (laughs) I have a strict policy that I set when I was about 32. I will never spend more than two nights in Las Vegas. Unless it's for work. Oh, of course. Yeah. But for fun, I will never spend more than two nights in Las Vegas. I prefer one night. Because whatever time you're in Vegas, you're awake 95% of that time. And you're not recuperating. So you're going to go to bed at 6 a.m. and then you're going to roll over at 10 and go all hard again, drinking adult yes. beverages. But, and, and, and here's you what You might sneak in a nap or a little spa hour trying to get yourself ready for dinner, but you can't. And also, Vegas, like Miami, like New York, those are places where you really take a nap before you go out. Except in Vegas, you go to casino and then you go out. Another thing that Vegas did, and this just happened in the last 10 years, they always had nice pools. But now they got day clubs. Like, they used to just have, like, hotel pools. Yeah, they'd have a bar there. You know what I mean? You could swim up to the bar, maybe, and have yourself a couple. But now it's like a straight-up club at the pool. And also, so now, all of that period of time, you're planning your drinks. So, like, during the day when the sun out, you're telling yourself, I'm going to get something refreshing. Either I'm going to get a beer, or I'm going to get... A mimosa, yeah. or I'm gonna get one of those type pina colada, oh, daytime drink. I like a little of the grapefruit juice yeah, and gin or something. Right. Yeah. And, and then as the day progressed, the drink gets stronger and, and stronger darker. and darker. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and now it's three in the morning, and you just like, oh my goodness, you can't do more than two nights. I'm with you. I don't do that. I really don't do that. And Rob Gronkowski, though, he's not like the rest of us. <laughs> he's not like the rest of us. Rest up, Gronk. One thing I did like to see, though, he got his girl with him. You know what I mean? He got his girl with him. Yeah. His lady. I'm not sure if they're engaged, but he's got like, himself a little swimsuit model lady. Well, the one thing about it is congratulations for a terrific career, mm-hmm. being a champion. Celebrate. Being a game changer as a tight end. I'm a Celebrate. huge fan of Gronk. Hopefully, this is the young woman that he was groping. It was. Yeah, same During one. the championships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. During the parade. parade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same one. Because he, he was really aggressive. Same one. Same one. Same one. Yeah, yeah, And I also think that you can go. I can go to Vegas for more than. No, I can't. Even with my girl. <laughs> I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. No chance. No chance. We got a little statement from the Suns GM. He says, we need to add guys in their prime. And that is James Jones. Shout out. Hmm. Some tells me they're going to have a pretty high draft pick. There's a long list of free agents. So I'm going to plant a seed. Oh, oh. I'm about to plant a seed. The people are sleeping on. And we're putting it on wax. Shout to Jay Hoops, my former teammate with the Phoenix Suns. Shout out. Oh. I'm going to plant a seed. Okay. Get the ground ready. Till the soil. 
fertilize it up real quick. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of how dig I, a little hole. I'm, try, I'm trying to think of how I can paraphrase this text. Okay. Okay. This is this is the pod. This is pod exclusive. Executives aren't listening. You don't have to report this as news. Okay. The Phoenix Suns went out and hired Jeff Bowers to work in their front office. Mm-hmm. They went out to hire Monty Williams to be their head coach. Five year deal, right? Who I've spoken to this microphone for the last year and a half or so and said, A, he's going to get a job and B, he's going to do a terrific job when he got another opportunity. Where did Jeff Bowers and Monty Williams both work together prior to working in Phoenix? Okay, see? New Orleans New Pelicans. Orleans. Gotcha. And guess what team has a disgruntled player? Mm, in his prime. In his prime that wants to get traded. Anthony Davis. Mm. The Phoenix Suns also are top three odds to get the number one pick this year. Oh, that could make a nice little package if you were in the, the Pelicans. So now, if you want to package your top pick with Aiton or something like that. Everybody not named Booker. That can land you an opportunity to look down at your team practicing one day and have Devin Booker standing over there and Anthony Davis standing over there. What do you think about that, sir? I'm trying to think of who else would you put in that package. Jackson? Like, like who else they got? It depends on where the pick lands. If it's number one, if it's number one, then you're talking. (laughs) Next season, who would you rather have? Anthony Davis or Zion? Anthony Davis. I mean, next season and the season after that and the season after that. But... If you're going to package something that's going to create some excitement for your fans because you're trading Anthony Davis. Of course. Of course. You want to acquire Zion in return. So the media continues to put Anthony Davis with the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm opening up Pandora's box by saying, don't sleep on the Phoenix Suns. If the Knicks got the number one pick, <laughs> you're such a New Yorker. Would they call the Pelicans? You're such a New Yorker. No, no, this is no. I'm saying because I'm talking about the teams that had the best chance to get the number one pick. Okay, the Suns, the Knicks, and the Hawks. Right? You know, there's other teams that have good chances, but those are the three best chances to get the number one pick. If I'm not mistaken, I don't have it in front of me. Would the Knicks call about a trade? Would the Hawks call about a trade? Here's the difference: the Knicks don't also have a top flight pick. Yeah. Currently on their roster to package with Zion. They don't have Porzingis anymore. Smith Jr. That won't get it done. That won't get it done. The Hawks? So, by the way, if I needed to pick a home for Zion based on the teams with the best odds, I want to see him with. The Atlanta Hawks. What? I can see that. What? Trey Young. Collins up front. What? He's from South Carolina. His trainer, Chubby's my guy. Guess where he works out at? Wait, what's the trainer's name? Chubby. We'll get back to Chubby in a second. <laughs> if in a in a vacuum, 
I had to pick one of those teams for him to go to, I'll keep him in the South. I love that. But I wouldn't be mad if he ends up with the Phoenix Suns because they might be able to parlay Zion into Anthony Davis. Remember where you heard it first. Jalen. Physical trainers. You got to be in shape if you're a physical trainer. You ever go to the gym and you see the guy that works there? He's trying to teach you how to work out, but he, he looked like he hasn't worked out in three years. Not true. I disagree. See, I think you got to be in shape. You got to be in shape. How about this? <clears throat> like a skinny chef. How about this? I'm about to I'm about to win this debate hands down. Okay. Not even close. Okay. Here's why. You don't have to physically be able to do something to be really red and an expert at it. Like cover sports. So many former athletes think just because you ain't play that you can't have an opinion. That's not accurate. There's so many athletes that think if you ain't a Hall of Famer, or if you ain't got 15 rings, you can't say nothing to me because you wasn't as good as me. That's not accurate. What are your thoughts? I love what you did there. <laughs> okay. It's a good job, but I do have a response. I'm not trying to tell Steph Curry how to shoot a jump shot. You know what I mean? I'm trying to give an insightful, entertaining analysis about it. Can you tell like, Ben Simmons like, how to shoot a jump shot? Yes, which hands? <laughs> but it's like, but it's, it's like, you know, I think there's a difference in, in being like a trainer, being a coach, and being like a shooting coach that's never shot a basketball. You don't have to be heavy set to be a good chef. Nope. Okay, how about this? Let me switch this. For me, I judge. If you're a trainer, you're out of shape. <laughs> okay. Other people might okay, not judge, okay, okay. but for me, okay. David Jacoby, okay. from my, you okay. can't disagree with this. What I do, my habits, I secretly judge. I won't say anything out loud. I won't make you feel like, you know, I won't make you feel that way. That's how it is. I want to thank Marcus Spears for coming by. He's always welcome. I want to thank everybody for calling in 98580 Jalen, especially the ladies for Women Crush Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow. Jalen Rose in studio. Why is that, Karis? Speaking of the hobbits, let's talk about LeBron James. All I care about is my nipples. Seriously. <laughs>